This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Okay, here we go again, Dr. Drew. Here we go again. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Shelly's still with Shelley. us. This is actually Hello. Shelly's podcast, but I asked Craig to come step into this one because he had the fundamental question of all time or of the universe or of the nature of being. What? Right. What, what was that? This well, sounded like an to, important question. We have to recap what we were talking about. Go ahead, please. Yes. So borderline personality disorder. Okay. We're all, we, and we're there, we, were trying to, we were trying to protect your wife a little bit from... Ex-wife. Ex-wife, ex-wife from being labeled and yeah. there were borderline things we were Listen, talking let's about. Listen, let's just do a synopsis. The only reason why there's these specific things is for billing. The DSM was no, designed no, no, for no, billing. No, 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 no. That's what it was. No. I, let's Bob, get an argument. Was. Bob, no. It was, it, it's a, it's a, it came out of the fact that psychiatry was kooky. It, it was sort of dynamically based and it wanted to become a medical science. And medical science is based on... Because di- it wanted to get paid for it. No, there's no discussion about it. It, it was used it was for that. Much the way the ASIME criteria were used for that. But this was something where professionals were getting together trying to find constellation of symptoms that had a common biological basis that you could attach a diagnostic construct to. So you could begin to develop a clinical science called psychiatry. Did I show you the thing I, that we found, Horosti and I found it, in the basement of Los Encinas, mm-hmm. a 1936 diagnostic sheet. Mm-hmm. It was You could be admitted to a psychiatric hospital for melancholia, for yeah. female troubles, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? That's so hysteria. they had to get more scientific than that yeah. well, as the would, 20th century well, rolled on. Right, and, but then originally it was sort of dynamically based, like what's psychologically based, like what, what are the dynamics going on in this individual's... And there was a mind-brain dualism where you know the brain was sort of, well, it probably has something to do with what's going on here, but, you know, and now that's all getting worked out. And so we, we'll have we'll have one day very specific biology attached to these diagnostics. But personality later. is not biology. Or you're yes, gonna, it is. you believe it's going to be. Oh, yeah, but it's complex. It's very, 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 very complicated. And uh, everything everything's biology, but I think that the future is, we've been through these multiple decades of the brain, the, the, the future is how the autonomic system and how the brain's feelings are embedded in the body and a lot of that is personality stuff but here's how the, we regulate the, feelings you know michael gilmore no the writer no the rolling stone writer his brother was gary gilmore their mother was a prostitute mm. they grew up in the same hotel rooms watching her have sex with tricks yeah, yeah. drug addict hey, well, craziness times. whatever times, yeah. they both grew up in the same life 
the brother, Gary, becomes a sociopath, serial killer. Mm-hmm. Michael's right. one of the sweetest, most gentle, wonderful right. people I've ever... He was my boss for a while. How how do you explain that? If That's environment, genetics. genetics. Biology. And, and also out of the construct could be the compensation. Resiliency. Yeah, certain people have just resiliency and certain people have sentinel moments. I mean, it's all... But we you keep know. say this childhood event created this personality which created your well, We say it we contributed, s- but we yeah. don't say it caused it. Yeah, we say too... We're, we, we're a little too deterministic in you know, how we talk about it in our common sort of discourse. The fact is plenty of people have trauma and do fine with it. There's also an element that I don't think you discuss much, or maybe you're against it, is the spiritual element. No, I'm not against it at all. Not, I, I, I just I feel I've always felt inadequate to talk about. It. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel. I that, thought you had arguments. No, against uh, it. no, I, I'm an enthusiast. About, uh, oh, I'm a, really? Bob and I talk about it, but but uh, did, did I just believe that we're a spirit coming through and we're supposed to be learning these things. I, it's like wh- and, whatever. You know, Gilmore's brother had to learn one thing and. And he had to learn another, and we all have to. It doesn't matter book, how you're brought up. Great book called "Shot Through the Heart," shot in the heart. Yeah, that Michael wrote about his brother's whole that whole series of things, and and at that time in the seventies, late seventies, it was all environment dictates what happens. Right then, it went to right? it's all genetics. We went through a period when I was in training where it was. Only genetics. I remember I, I was so talking, nobody could be a. You could only be genetically predisposed to be a sociopath. Well, I remember I was talking to a psychiatrist. Uh, some of the early cases I got involved with the last scene in the drug unit. I remember I, I ran to a psychiatrist, the same psychiatrist over at Huntington, at the hospital nearby here in Pasadena. And I went, I went, what is that? These two girls, they they, they were severe borderlines. And, I, and he goes, he goes, oh well. He went on to describe what the genetics was and what the biology is. And he goes, that's all. And I went, well, what about the dad? They used to beat them. Is that what no, 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 it's just, you know, certain genetic proclivities and here, here are the gene fa- factor. And I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, funny that they all seem to have this crazy history, but okay. Right, so two history. siblings can have the same trauma and the, the biology will accept the trauma differently and well, create something uh, different. N- l- lately, what I'm fascinated with, the, the answer to your question is yes. However, there is something that intervenes between the genetics of the individual and the environment, and that's attachment. And that's where the spiritual piece, that's where things are moving around amongst us, how we attach to other people and what that attachment mechanism is very much determines some of our ability to heal and our ability to be resilient in the face of maybe where our genetics are deficient, a a stable attachment can fill in. Well, the other thing is that nobody here at this table, at this couch, had stable attachments. None of us. Well, has, did, how can you tell? Anybody? <laughs> I know everybody's history. Did anybody? Did anybody? Oh, yes. Because right oh, yeah. now they're not very interesting. People are still they're very yeah, uninteresting right to all of now, us. Now, what Craig said in the last podcast, you, we're trying to overdo it, and we're forming yeah. two. Too attached. We're not it, we're detached. Too not attached. We're not that's detaching. Not, that's not exactly. attached. From our children? That's not attached. That we not, helicopter over and hover and protect it's until they're yeah. 35 yeah. years old? It's dependency. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and there's a dependency, but you're depending but on them ha- to make you happy yes. because of your old wounds. Yes. But that's what I'm trying to say. That's what's happening to this generation right. of millennials. They're getting our old wounds transferred onto them and us overcompensating. That always happens. That always happens. Every generation does that. It, but it's a generational thing. It's it's amazing how many narcissistic parents that I talk to my friends, and they, there's so many narcissists that their their parents are. And, you know, as much as my kids might accuse me of this or that, the other thing is I don't think that's one of them is they're not going to say, 
when they're grown up and going to therapy, which <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they're headed for Cur- cursing you, that, cursing I, your damn Paul Lind impressions. I I believe, and they're right here. I believe that they're going to be in therapy, going, "My father with the I love yous." Oh, oh I couldn't stand. God. He loved me so much. He coached nine teams. Yeah. <laughs> it was like enough already. Was Dad, you the, stink the, at the, football. The... I don't even know what you were trying to do. I mean, so it's. I think it's going to be something like that, as opposed to us, me going. My dad never showed up and never had one catch with. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I think it's just it's it's going to be the polar opposite, yeah, but, but they'll have their own issues. But I just think where these spirits that are going through. Listen, I have four children, every one of them out of the gate from the moment they were born. Instant personality. There was a difference in their personality. And, and that's the genetics, we would argue. Yeah. So. I mean, there's and, but it's also a spirit, or, as I think it whatever. is. whatever. Spirit listen. coming through, passing through. You all got lessons to learn. I mean, these two children that are here right now, Justin and Jared with me. They both we have this. They have the same, you know, mom and dad, and yet they both have different experiences on how they're dealing with some sure. of these traumas. They both. So, what's this question that you were going to ask us last? All time? right, the fundamental question in dealing with someone who's borderline: if you have children with them, mm-hmm. there are literal, factual, you know, issues that come up that you have to take care of. What happens when they come up with an accusation? What do you do about that? You can't ignore it because I'm sorry then you it can feel go- that way. No, no, I'm no, no, that no, no. Or that's a distortion. What that's about a distortion? that's out of a book, Bob. You mean you mean a distortion? Too. A distortion like to the point where it's distorted to police, it's distorted yeah, no, to it's lawyers, right. friends, family members. Yeah. Do you just sit there and take it, which I do many times, or do you fight back and say something? That's my fundamental question. Go. I, I'm gonna back Justin up, your son, and say, Don't say anything. That's what he's complaining. But you about. have to because nope. you have to. Nope. Well, hold on. But 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 what, like, well, engagement. Let, well, think about what we do with with patients that are like this. Let's tell you what that Shelly and Bob and I do. Well, you have what, the same answer every time. Well, for, yeah. First of all, yeah. First of all, right. Consistency. All, all three of us have to say the same thing at all times and have to know one another so well mm-hmm. that we know that we're not going to all get spun out by whatever that person is saying. Okay. So you have you need sort of a unified. Front and, you, and your kids sound like they're very much in that in that zone. Number one, number two, document the shit out of everything. Yeah, you need evidence all the time you because do. reality begs no issue. Because they're not if somebody's really borderline. Shelly, back me up on this. They're not really their memory systems are distorted. They never shorthand in treatment. I just said it last Friday at a treatment center I work at. I said to the program director, cross your cross uh, dot your eyes and cross your teeth, and I leaned over towards the one meaning everybody knows that shorthand is like that person is going to cause us trouble so make sure you so document 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 whether we, even if you're just it, even that's if you're just code just, for borderline yeah just keep a little dictaphone going. here's, <laughs> yeah. here's a, yeah. what, what you say in court by the way how old are you that you're not using an iphone you're using a dictaphone or whatever <laughs> no, well i was thinking about my iphone you know why i thought about really that? really drew i tried with the dictaphone? iphone i tried with the iphone a couple times it doesn't re- if you make it, it did your it, secretary go get you a manhattan off. no here's the difference <laughs> shuts off yeah the iphone if you miss the stuff or improperly uh, records stuff so i like just get the recording on the dictaphone i got you get it down they little, you know, but little it's really just good boundary consistent don't try to solve yeah. their problems Okay, that's you the guys thing. are in. Okay, I'm going to tell you once again. This is a little airy fairy. I'm one. I'm going to give you an exact example, and you tell me what you would have. Okay, done. and okay. then you get out of here. We're going to do a show. All right. Okay, All right. Jared. Yeah, supposed to be with me. Yeah, and then I'm trying to get a hold of them. They're both hanging up on me because he says I'm not coming back to your house. Okay, 
She had gone to the police. She made up stories. She convinced them that I'm abusive, blah, blah, blah. He actually believes it. And not coming back to my house. Okay. Now, what do you do? Okay. Boom, I go. I you say, ignore I, it? I just ignore her and I talk to him. No, she convinces him not to talk to me. I say convinces I him how to hang up on his I dad. I say I understand and I, I hear you. And I'm sorry you're in the middle of this. And, and, you know, I'm sure we'll figure something out. And you detach. Let it go. Just let him move it's in. Gonna, it's only going to be let go for 48 hours if I know anything. All of a sudden, she's going to be nice and like, oh, and one of the. No. Then you'll be in court. And, you, and, and now you're in court. I forgot that what part. What do you think of that? Wanting 100% custody. Wanting 100 <laughs> But now you're not so understanding. So now, the only one now, you get, not now you get a lawyer that says you're going to court tomorrow, which also happened, 100% custody to her. So do you just go in and go, yeah, let it go. No, you, got, go. you, go, you go, look, here's all the documentation. That's not happening today. Today, I want to love and support my son. Today, we uh, live to fight another day. Yeah. Okay, I hear you. And, and I'm so sorry you're going through this. And mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk soon. And boom. Because what the borderline wants is engagement. Yes, they want the seven late. They want to go to seven court. They want that drama. Email. That's who makes same, us go to court. Shelly, over a million Shelly dollars is going to take the floor now. But, I defer to Miss Ray. But at the same time, we have to understand that this happens to people over and over and over. And what I notice with borderline sometimes is that when you don't react and you are loving and compassionate, they, they spin cares. fully oh, out yeah. of control oh, and yeah. take it farther yes, into their right. pathology yes, and and that is something that that is i feel that is the scariest part right, but, but I, if but we Bob, do love and saying, compassion bob isn't saying to deal with her with love and compassion deal with your son with love and well, compassion. of course deal I mean, with her with a firm boundary and document everything and live to fight another day if you if you fight the fight must be a, a no, no, full no, scale I, but atomic i'm not assault. Mm. you don't fight little bad you, you have to fight won't win but I'm yeah. not saying no, I'm, no I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that, that they fighting. should that yeah. it, that you should fight or, or yeah, any of that. But what I have noticed in a lot of work that I've done is that you it, it's very flexible. You have to be extremely flexible. If if they start to go farther, you have to just pull back and just try to get some love and compassion. Give them an example what you mean by love that because I don't think people understand what that is. Well, if if someone say is accusing you of something because this happens all the time. Um, I'm accusing you of this, and you Shelly, go, you said I shouldn't take my medication yesterday. I heard you say it. you told me not to, or, so I told the doctor that you told me not to take my medication. <laughs> You're trying to kill me. Good no, one, I've seen this way. happen yeah. to Shelly. Good one. I've seen Flat a borderline. Out line, right? I've seen a borderline accuse Shelly of telling her not to take her drug, and that that's going to kill her. Yeah. Remember the girl at PRC. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh-huh. so keep going. Right. You right. never said that. Right. You said the, those drugs are drugs of addiction. Yeah. Right? Then right. all of a sudden you're trying to kill the person. Yeah, they definitely don't pick up on nuance. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so in that regard, you just it's very factual. You just yeah. have to stick to the facts. Yeah, stay with the just facts. Just the facts. Keep your feet on the ground. And and the emotionality of it because, you know, I I have an ex-husband and, you know, we have custody and, and you know, we have that stuff going on and he used to really like get really up in it emotionally and I had to stop with engaging mm-hmm. I had to stop and court is where you have to defer to oh. your attorneys oh. 
And I go in, without, by in, the way, in the, the judge real time. In oh, the real without? time. Because I over talk. Here's another thing. <laughs> not here's engaging. We talk too an- much. Here's another thing about, about this stuff. I'm pessimistic that people get better. I think when you're in a 12-step world, you tend to be too optimistic that people get better. Because we see people get better. And I feel yeah. better. But, yeah. but I mean, yeah. most people don't get that much better. No, or if they do, they don't sustain it. That's I will tell thing. you one thing, and I will leave you at this. Okay. This is the, the experience, strength, and hope. This is the hope part of it. I have had wonderful experiences in taking care of things myself and being accountable because I created this. Whatever the angst, whatever the fight, the conflict, yeah, yeah. I'm 100% responsible. And that yeah. was one great lesson I learned. Good. And it's one day one. I had the court. I said, I'm removing the restraining orders, blah, 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 if we both write mutual apologies before the court. And I'm not exaggerating. I wrote 13 pages. It flowed out of me. Not one word of, if you did this, I wouldn't have done this. Nothing. It was all about me and how I was responsible and accountable. My lawyer says, that's it. I'll read this, but that's the end of it. You know, you see the world through rose-colored glasses. Says, you don't know what it's like to suffer through this. I said, so just read it. She reads it. The court was closed. Every single person at court was bawling, crying at this confession of this man who just wants what's best for his children. And even the judge apologized after that. He goes, I want to say I'm sorry for my demeanor. I just want what's great for your children. So that can mm-hmm. also happen in the change of life is as long as we're accountable, make amends where possible, apologize, and look for your part to be 100% responsible. Right. That, I think look for your part answer. is a great piece of advice. Yeah. But, there you go. All right. All we're right. now switching to Shelly, but we're going to go to a call. Okay. Call? Yeah, our caller. Caller's Hi. name. Hey this is... So, give us your name. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt What's you there. Name? Sorry. Can't hear it. So it wasn't that long ago. Um, I am a recovering opiate addict. Um and have been on Suboxone now for some time. And it wasn't that long ago that I've heard, oh, I've heard you multiple, say it multiple times, that there are no Suboxone success stories. Nope, no, I, I not me, actually, not me. I've never said that. I've said I've never seen any Suboxone success stories. And, okay. uh, and I, and I, but I know it saves lives here and there. I just never see sustained Suboxone uh, success stories. Well, and that's kind of what I wanted, uh, part of what I want to ask you about because, you know, uh, for someone like me, you know, a lot of my introduction to just what treatment was about was really through watching you all and listening to you on the radio. Um, so, you know, when you guys make statements or assertions about recovery and how to get better, you know, I, I take it to heart. And so I, I'm curious to know whether or not you believe that being on Suboxone um, kind of makes it um like it's not a success because let me just kind of give you an idea. I went from taking 45 to 60, 10 milligram Norco's a day. The only reason why I didn't take more is because I couldn't afford it. How's your hearing? My hearing is actually okay. Surprisingly. Yeah, good. Um, I was also at the same time doing about four grams of blow, um, of course, smoking weed and, and drinking the whole time too. Um, really decided to go get healthy because of watching Celebrity Rehab, as, as a matter of fact. Went into a program, and the program was, in my opinion, pretty bad. I stayed there for about three weeks and left. Uh, struggled on my own for a little while, and then and knew about Suboxone. Was not a fan of it because of what I heard you all say, but I had an opportunity to take a job 
And I knew that if I at least got on the Suboxone that I could have a chance at, you know, getting the rest of my life together, which was about three years ago. Um, before I started trying to get sober, I'd blown about a hundred grand in a year. I was completely broke, lost my house, had to move in with my mother. Um, and since that time, because I was on Suboxone, I've been able to completely rebuild every part of my life and have success. And I, you know, in my mind, as long as I could get a life back in order, then getting off whatever it was would be, would be much more, um, attainable because part of what was so bad was the desperation of, of trying to get better and having nothing going on. So I'm down to about, I started off eight milligrams a day. I'm down to one milligram a day and, and tapering down by 25% about every seven to 10 days. I expect to be off of it soon, but you know, I'm curious what you think about that. Do you think that I'm just fooling myself up to this point? No, no, no. I don't, well, I don't think so. But the, are you doing 12-step stuff? I do. I don't go to meetings. I go to therapy, um, okay. and I'm I have an active social life again. But I do not go to meetings per se. I didn't have a very good experience with those. Do you drink? I do not drink. So no other stuff. Go ahead. I haven't had. You know that was kind of the amazing thing about it was that the the opiates were really the only thing that that I wanted. Yeah. It takes crave. over. Yeah, it takes over. Yeah, but but what, what the, the, my fear, one of the things I always see in Suboxone users is they start, other stuff starts leaking in. Right. Alcohol, pots, benzos. benzos. They have you on anything else besides the Suboxone? I, I'm not. Good. And, 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 and at one time when I, was, when, I, when I left and was trying to go to just psychiatrists and whatnot, I mean, I was on Wellbutrin, Seroquel, they gave me Klonopin, which kind of blew my mind Terrible. that they would give me such a, such a strong narcotic. Oh, we got to talk about Shelly's Klonopin or Xanax history. As the, that's got to be one of the worst, yeah. one of the worst uh, drugs that I ever took. I, you know, and getting off of it was, a, was an absolute nightmare. Yep. But, you know, the Suboxone, I, again, I, I, I do believe that, that doctors are extremely um, irresponsible with it because I am not in any way saying that Suboxone is a miracle drug. It, it's not. It's, it's just a – it was just one more path for me to try to get – you know, because I don't have any support. I'm kind of on an island. You know, if it doesn't work out for me, I don't – no one's going to pick me up. So this seemed like – the best way to do it, and I feel like it's worked so far. Well, I've, I've always said that people that don't have support, don't have resources, have failed multiple treatments, for sure, they, I mean, could save their life. And I, I get what I've always registered my concern with is I don't I get to see any long-term Suboxone successes, but now I can say I have. And uh, call us back, let us know what it's like when you get off it, because that'll be interesting. Well, that's what you- I wanted to ask you, Drew. I, I've got one more question. I, you, I've heard you many times talk about how that tapering is – is is bs and and do you believe is it is it that biologically it just does not work or do you think that it do you say that all the time because usually for an addict i get what you're saying because i try to taper off i think i can clarify i think what he usually says is doing tapering at home which is what the suboxone recommendation always is 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 hard because you're going to be sick and you're going to have cravings and what are you going to do so the idea is if he does into a good. hospital to, yeah. to, to get up from one to zero but but we what what we have experienced is that eventually everyone who's tapering reaches a point where they develop withdrawal 
they just develop full blown withdrawal. And I don't yeah. know if it's at one milligram or half milligram or eight milligram, but people eventually, typically, at least in all, almost can I just tell you what I see? So people mm-hmm. do it exactly yeah. what he's describing. Yeah, they got a great job, they love their life, yeah. and they're dope sick. Well, maybe and he they won't don't be. have any support. But maybe he won't be. Maybe he'll be all right. He seems That's fine now. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's working it, for you. Listen, I, the, the, I think one of the great um, errors is to sort of try to be too uh, one size fits all with these things. I mean, it's working well, yeah. for you, you know. This and the, the, we ha- we have concerns about. I mean, if we were evaluating, we'd be like, oh, we worry about this. We worry about all kinds of things for our patients. You know, we'd worry you're not doing meetings. We worry you don't have more social support. We're we actually worry. selling something different than that. I'm not selling. I'm selling the thing that I think you're trying to sell, which is thriving. Yeah. Right? We want people to thrive, to not me, just to not replacement therapy is not thriving. Yeah, it's but just, it is for it, him. It is for but, him, right? But it ain't over yet. I, not know. Right. Thriving no, I, I agree with that. I, it I ain't over. That. So but I don't know that he shouldn't stay on a little tiny bit of it for a long period of time. What, what difference does it make? And you're, also, you're you're, how, how old are you? Because when, when I go on my rants, it's about 19 and 20 and 22-year-old kids getting on it. That's my rant. If you've I'm ever been affected by He's my 43. And, He's when, yeah. and you started it three years ago? The, the drugs? No, Suboxone. Suboxone. The Suboxone was three years ago, correct. Okay. So you were 40 years old when you started. See, that's correct. about the right age. Okay. That's well, correct. that that's what makes more sense Little to young. me. Little young. 50 is better. But. Right. Is that you had a lot of maturity, even though you were an addict and you were using massive amounts of drugs, is that you were you were older and your brain even though you were using drugs you had developed through your 20s yeah and so your brain was in better shape to get on a suboxone and take it responsibly be responsible to see your doctor get a job get a job and do all those adult things 19 year olds don't do that so what we're seeing you know so Uh i have seen it work in, a, in seldom cases where someone is older and has this level of responsibility for themselves and they can take the Suboxone as prescribed and they don't use on top of it and they don't do those things. Right. So, you know, I have seen that work. But again, like, we don't know what's going to happen when you completely come off of it. And, and maybe right. he shouldn't. Guys, you don't put a value judgment. Can I, no, he's, no, no. he's thriving without coming off can of I, it. So. Uh, can I ask ahead, a question or make a comment? Absolutely. I'm wondering what the resistance is to uh, working a program which deprograms some of when these. When you're on, I can some, tell you when some you're of on these suboxone, some, some of these compulsions that are going on. Because what I found in working a program is there are no bad side effects ever. There's no question of bad side effects. It's it, you, you. There's not anger, even a debate. Anger. There's not anger, even a debate. Anger is a side effect. It's a side effect that you have the tools <laughs> to take care of. You have the tool. Every single tool is at your disposal. It, it's it, it be so. What to me is, we all go for these numbing agents. You know, whether it's gambling, whether it's sex, whatever it is, it's like. So we have this compulsion to do so. I have to deprogram that on a daily basis, which is why I do still go to these meetings and still sponsor people, be of service, work work steps, go to a higher power. I, I listened to a lecture today. If I didn't day, have yeah, I any of that. lecture today that the, 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 health care, the benefits to health care costs right now are estimated to be $150 per NA meeting. So mm-hmm. per participant, per meeting, $150. What does that mean? It means if you, if you attend, in terms of impact on health care expense, just you attending... 
a meeting is worth $150 to the healthcare system. Oh, That's how effective worth- it is. Also, oh, where I are see. you from, yeah. sir? I'm in Texas now. I'm, I'm in Houston. Okay. Houston. Houston. So, right, what, so what is, I never got the caller's name. I'm sorry. What is your name? George. 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 Okay, George. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. So, so I see this all the time, which is, and I, I disagree with you, Craig. I think if you're on Suboxone, you should not go to 12 steps. But your goal, when you get off Suboxone, he should go in a detox, detox, and then begin the program. Right, And right. that works. I've done it four times. It's worked every time. But this going to meetings on Suboxone, it's, it's not welcomed with right. love and tolerance. So, so. <laughs> so, so let me tell you something, because it challenges the addicts in AA. Why can't I be on it? I know. It causes It splitting. creates I know. emotion. All right, so, so we so got to wrap, wrap George's call up. George, I'm so I, glad you called, because first of all, I'd love to see a success. I always knew they were out there, and so thank you for being somebody that They're I can They're always 40 or 50. Uh, well, okay. I didn't know that really myself until just now, and that's an interesting wrinkle in this. I, uh, let me, and let me restate my position because it gives me a chance to do that, which is that there's no doubt in my mind this stuff saves life. The question is, at what cost? And because we're interested in thriving, as Bob said, we're worried that it, it keeps people chronically ill because that, that's usually what we see. And particularly... You know, more often than not, clonopin is prescribed with the Suboxone and blah, blah, blah. And thank God you had terrible experiences with the benzodiazepine, so you didn't fall for that trap. But listen, my friend, mm-hmm. call us back when you're getting off everything, and let's talk to us about what that experience is like. And really, one of the decisions for you is whether you do get off it. Maybe you don't. I will. I, yeah. I'll, so, I'll let you know. I'll uh, let you know. And I, I just have to tell you, Drew, you, you, I hope you do realize the impact that you and, and, and Bob and Shelly, too, that you guys have on people that, that you don't even know, because I really don't think I would have ever tried to get sober when I did had it not been for you guys so I appreciate it George, God bless thank we you we appreciate you we appreciate the call man thanks a lot bye bye alright we gotta take a little break be right back We're welcoming our new sponsor to the show. They are called Bergamet Mega Plus, and this is actually a supplement, and it's a supplement I can get behind. Within a couple of months, uh, I, I'll be reporting on some of the benefits of this thing. What it is, it's derived from some of the extracts of the bergamot citrus fruit. It's uh, endemic to the Calabria region of Italy, and bergamot is rich in what's called polyphenols, and polyphenols are known to reduce the risk of heart disease. The Italian government actually funded a bunch of research on this. Now, Bergamet Mega Plus is a natural, what you would call statin, or in scientific terms, HMG-CoA reduction inhibitor, much like the medication that we take, but milder, and again, it's a natural source, and has properties that also may lower triglyceride, raise HDL, even more so than a statin. So if you have high cholesterol or lipid issues and you can't tolerate statins, this is something you might really consider. Also, for others, in a nutshell, Bergamet Mega Plus can address conditions faced by millions of Americans worldwide, namely increased abdominal fat, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, high triglycerides, and high blood pressure taken together. That is called the metabolic syndrome. And usually physicians will prescribe pharmaceutical agents, weight loss, that kind of thing. And in this case, Bergamet Mega Plus may offer benefits above and beyond the usual recommendations. Be sure to talk to your doctor. Cardiologists, physicians all over the world have been recommending this product, Bergamet Mega Plus. Its effectiveness has been documented in many scientific peer-reviewed publications. And as I said, as a result, it's something that uh, I can get behind. I'm excited about. I'm starting to recommend it to patients. So to learn more, visit bergamet.com. That is B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T.com. Or click on the Bergamet banner on our website. We are back, and we have another caller. And uh, it's, is it Ed or Edwin? Uh, Eddie. Eddie. Eddie, and uh, you Neither had a question Eddie. for us. Go right mm-hmm. ahead. Well, uh, I've got a buddy staying with me right now, and he's 33, and he's been an alcoholic for about 12 years. 
and it's just been increasingly getting worse and worse. And he's been to rehab. He's been to six county programs, and he keeps leaving and falling back into the same patterns. And Eddie, let me let me uh, point- hold on. I'm, I'm going to tell you that, that I was listening to another lecture today where they showed some data, Bob. You'll appreciate this. That takes on average five years. No, I'm sorry, eight years, four or five treatments on average to get one year of sustained sobriety. I believe that. So it's eight years, four to five treatments on average to get one year. And before your risk of relapse drops down to 15%, which is the rate in the population that addiction normally occurs, it takes five years of sustained sobriety before your risk of relapse starts to really drop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Eddie, how long were these treatments? He's only been going to like 30, 60, 90-day programs, That's which I don't, I don't think is long enough. No, to it isn't, but it's not, the, it's not so bad. And uh, does he go to meetings when he gets out? Uh, no, he does. Uh, yeah, he does sometimes. But it's usually sometimes, only two or three yeah. months he stays clean before he starts mm-hmm. drinking again. And right. He was just recently in a program, and he packed up his backpack and left, and he's homeless. He's living on the street. He had nowhere to go. He lives in San Jose, so I... He took a bus down to my house to stay with me. I live in Los Angeles. Is he, and, uh, was he I, getting medication? No. No meds. Do, does no he, meds. Because it sounds like, like maybe I always wonder if somebody had sabotaged his recovery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to solve people's problems. We don't know these people. You know what I mean? Just like general ideas. But I, I, I think we get too particular. You All know right, what I mean? So, so what do you do with Eddie? Well, why is the friend staying at his house? He's homeless and he cares about him. Uh, go to an Al-Anon meeting. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to sound rude, but I mean, there it's really hard when you want... Here's, I'll just talk for myself. When I want somebody to be sober more than they do, they will never be sober. A warning right. sign is when the, the person trying to help the person is calling and not the person who wants the help. The prior caller was the person who wanted the help. Yeah. Now we well, have well, this so, phenomenon in America so, where parents in particular, and yeah. I'm not talking about the caller in, yeah. in, in general, parents in particular want their children to be sober. Their children have no desire to be sober. Yeah. They spend millions of dollars yeah. on a child that has no intention of being but, sober. And then the question is, what do you tell them? Well, what does Eddie do when he's fearful his friend's going to die? Or he's going to end up on the streets and going to get sick and he's really in desperate my, straits? You're what? My, my, big, my biggest concern right now is that he's going to drink himself to death. Yeah, I, 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 I would. I tr- I are you, are you, is, is, let's be more specific. Is your basic concern is what? What is a good friend supposed to do? Right. Well, that's what I'm conflicted with. Right. That's what I'm conflicted with right now too. Is if, am I helping him by letting him stay at my place, or am I not helping him? You're. You may be keeping him alive, but you're not helping him. If that makes any sense. But I mean, well, but but I'm. I know that that but. Here it's a really tough spot you're in, and I understand, and and it's so painful. And now you've gotten yourself into it, so you got to figure out how to get yourself out of it. I would suggest. I, I, I think he's far, Alanon's a great piece of advice, I but he needs to get the guy back to help, it and then say you can't come back ex- to my house. Ex- precisely. Yeah. And so what? What I would do? There's Salvation Army has great programs. They're hard to get the beds, but you could put the legwork. County in. programs. Where are you located in the United States? In Los Angeles. Uh-huh. He's out here. Oh. Call Tarzana yeah, Treat. I'm in Los Angeles. Call Tarzana Treatment Center right now. You can call them 24 hours a day, and they have a waiting list there. Yeah. You can go and wait what in the about, lobby. What about Cry Help? Cry Help's harder. Hard. Okay. But Tarzana is the one. They what, have the BHS county what, contract. What about Salvation Army? I like Salvation Army, but you got to test clean. 
Mm. coming in the door. Mm. Um, Rena B, also downtown Los Angeles. Okay, so Rena B, B, Salvation Army, Tarzana Treatment Center. Those are all you, counties. But you can call Tarzana Treatment Center right now. Yeah, but Tarzana will have him out pretty quick, though, right? No, they My, got lots of different programs. Yeah. But he, he needs to have him be Away, in, in a in place. A program, yeah. Yeah. you got to get him into a place, and then and that's basically all we can do. Like That's leading the horse to water, and then living with us, and lo- us loaning them money, and us you know helping them all, all along the way. Doesn't, doesn't it doesn't do really it. do it. I, I know it's, it's such a, like, I would say pick somebody... You know, really disadvantaged. I always say, if you want to put your energies towards something to help people, go help children in the inner city. Go to my friend's place on Hollywood he Boulevard. Just, look, go. Uh, he just wants his friend to get. His, he's a to helper. Not die. I know he's his friend not to die though. He doesn't and, have say over whether his friend dies or not. Uh, he doesn't. I, I, no, I, he doesn't. But he's in a spot, and I he's know. probably not used to it. Right. We do this all day. We yeah. are really used to, you know, seeing these people. We're really used to assessing them. So maybe he's just a little bit more scared. I, I t- please take our what's it, Ed, Eddie? Eddie Salvation yeah. Army, Raina B, Tarzana. Why are you to, not Tarzana treatment lead one? It's the best one, Drew. Oh, oh no, it, you be, can because, go and oh, wait no, in the wait, wait, lobby all day on. and night. I, I like Tarzana treatment center a lot. The reason my head is doing that is I'm trying to look for a place that he can stay a year. And, and Salvation Army. Salvation Army. Salvation Army. You have to go to Tarzana, get clean, and go to Salvation Army. Okay, well, mm-hmm. that's what I. That's in my head. Salvation Army is the place. So, so that's, a, that's exactly what I think he needs. I think he needs at least a year of treatment. Yeah. Long term. Yeah, so that's Salvation Army. So if you can get him there, work on that. That tells me he's not going to stay for a year. Well, whatever. That, that's not Eddie's problem, and that's not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're advocating. What everybody was telling me to go to go for a year. I never would go, but then you go to jail for a year. That's possible. Yeah, that's not a yeah. But if you add up all your rehabs, they equal the year. Probably a year and four months. Actually, a year and four months. Thank all you. All right, hey, we got to go, buddy. You, you <laughs> get here, it. You get what we're I'm telling here for you. For another hour. You get what we're telling yeah, you. Yeah, okay. I got it. All right, my friend. Tarzana yeah. Treatment Center. Ben Salvation Army. All right. Yeah. All right, so Shelly. Yes. Uh, we, we've been doing an awful lot of talk about uh, borderline swirling around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got that label at one point, did you not? I did. To she explain put it, it on herself. I, I understand, I but it's... I've known her my whole life. She's not that. I... <laughs> Why are you and I conflicting today? It's so weird. <laughs> no, no, it, but it's, it's I know me. that. That's why I'm... It was self-labeling. <laughs> That's what I'm more... It's Craig. I was more interested in why... They've been around you before. This is the first more, time that this group has been together. I was I'm more interested in why she <laughs> labeled herself that. I did not no, label no, myself no. that. I had traits that did not... All drug addicts do. Right. Okay, so... When they're using... Of course. That's why I thought that I was because... When I was using and when I was getting clean and I was in the psych ward, obviously that's what they were saying to me. No, you you were my my understanding of your story well, is, as we've reviewed it was that really particularly when you were in Xanax withdrawal, that's when you looked borderline, right? Of course, because yeah. because you look crazy. Za- yes, I looked crazy because Xanax withdrawal makes. I still you... look good, but I looked crazy. <laughs> but Xanax withdrawal makes people nuts completely. And well, I had a bad Valium habit from the. From the bakery down the street. Oh yeah! Unfortunately. Uh, oh, I here? used to go there too. From here, no, no, of course, no, they we sold both went. Diazepam for a dollar a pill. It was from the here, greatest thing ever. Yeah. Down the street from here? No, not down no, the street. Oh, I thought you were telling me something. She did Hollywood. look out the window. I like know. Was, <laughs> I was, I was going to go look out your windows. There's no stores out there. <laughs> no, I was no down bakeries. there. We, we were down there all the time. A pill, Drew. Is that they good? Just sold them in a bakery. You could just yeah. buy like forty of them. Yep, on cards. Those were the days. El Salvadorian. Wow. So, so bakery, how? Yes. So you run Valley for how long? 
um, a couple of years. And then how did the Xanax get going? Uh, well, that was just intermittent. I mean, I couldn't really afford that kind of Oh, so you weren't being prescribed that? No, no, no. I had gotten sober, and then I had a, a, a nervous breakdown, basically, and I ended up having to go to the psych ward in sobriety. And that wasn't post-acute withdrawal? It could have been post-acute yeah. withdrawal, but it was it was obviously some level of trauma mm. that had come up after mm. a year. Mm-hmm. So what happened is that I went in and, you know, it was a major depressive episode okay. with psychotic features, but they put me on clonopin. Oh, fantastic. You know, because I was very dysregulated, if you yes. can imagine. And, you, and you're an addict, so yeah. we got to give you some benzo. So they gave me the clonopin. Do you, do you know what the as risk well of as other things? Th- there's a study, again, I, I'm all I'm all jacked up on these studies I've been listening to and reading today. I know. Thir- 35,000 Britons were studied. Uh, and looked at whether or not being on a benzodiazepine was an independent risk factor for for death. And if you were on it, uh, it, it, it let me get it this way: if you're on a benzo and an opiate, your probability of death is 350 times what it should be, mm. as opposed to if your cholesterol is twice what it should be. In the next 10 years, you have a 40 percent risk. As opposed to a three hundred fifty percent risk from benzos. So how did they them, study that? <laughs> it was retrospective. It was retrospective. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. and it's so mm-hmm. please everybody. When I every time I say Prince was probably on a benzo, there's a reason I say that because mm-hmm. that's the combo that makes people stop breathing. And it turns out the opiate and the benzo affect the re- respiratory system by different mechanisms, and it's really kind of hard to overdose on either one. Very hard to overdose on a benzo and not breathe. Kind of hard to do it with an opiate unless you're shooting it, getting enough in your system. Mm-hmm. But together, it's very easy. Very easy. To well, do. I ended up relapsing because they gave me the clonopin. Yes. And I, and I clearly needed more than that every single hour. They just didn't understand they that? They didn't realize that that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm curious. If <laughs> Nor someone, did I. Did someone diagnose you with borderline or did you diagnose it? Was it self-diagnosed? No, it was it was in my it was in the chart. I don't know if it was probably traits. I, I don't know exactly if it was. I'm, I'm sure pro- that it I wasn't a benzo withdrawal. People bounce off the walls. Yeah, but they, also they, borderlines they, like benzos. I understand, and maybe <laughs> and maybe you use some projective, borderlines need benzos. Maybe, Come on now, but maybe you were using some projective identification <laughs> at that mm-hmm. time, and people were, are splitting and stuff. But that's addict stuff too. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's mm-hmm. so, it's so hard to say, they you know, never, but I... Here's another thing is she was very antisocial in that era not as much of as her you. life. <laughs> and and you got labeled, you got labeled that way when you went into a rehab center. You did. What did you yeah. do? Just she wouldn't follow the rules? She had purple hair. She, didn't, she had a fuck you attitude. <gasps> and that... I would love to see that. Oh yeah, why did they paint? Why did they paint Shelly in the corner like that? It made her look like a mean person. It was (laughs) it was Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, I remember that. And Nurse Ratchet was really truly horrible. Yes, yes. I mean, she was a terrible nurse. Yeah, (laughs) Shelly's a great nurse. I'm a very she won won an Oscar. Was that Kathy Bay? Who did no, Louise it? Fletcher? Louise Fletcher. But, but Never to be heard from it, again, but still, yeah. she did win an Oscar. It was a hell of a part. That was so a you great could have won part. an Emmy. I could have won on, an on, Emmy. If you weren't acting. If, you were if acting. I was acting. But you were not acting. No, because you're I clearly edited. can't do you're edited. acting. So so you got sober. You got it together. What, what, uh, go ahead. Lots of therapy. I mean, yeah. the, the treatment for what I had in addition to you know, antisocial and drug addiction was that, that I had had a lot of trauma 
And I was completely unaware of the level of trauma that I had had as, as, all as a child. As right? Had no idea. No how did, idea. How did you get in touch with it? Um, well, some situations that I put myself in. Recreations. That recreated traumatic, traumatic it. Traumatic And then shot it straight through the ceiling. But how did you... You must have been, Here in, come therapy. The dogs. Must have been no. in therapy at the time to identify Wowie kazowie. Yes, I was, I was in therapy for several years. Several years. But but when you were in therapy, uh-huh. you were doing traumatic reenactments, and the therapist mm-hmm. what pointed that out to you? Um, uh, yes and no. I mean, I was in group therapy for intimacy issues. Uh-huh. I was in group therapy for you know dysregulation, emotional dysregulation. I was Which in you know stuff. therapy. Yeah, I mean, the basis of my situation was that I was unaware of the trauma, and then when I recognized that, I had to really dig in there and get some trauma help. And what you do? How'd you do that? Um, I just talked about it, or did you yeah, do specific talk, trauma therapy? Talked or? about it. Um, I did Reiki, yeah. I did body work, yeah. I did uh, breathing, I did DBT in a sense, CBT. You so know, all everything. All, I, everything I did everything. Did. What yeah, everything. What worked best? I think what worked best was um, was the the program and the. I don't know. I think it was the community and working the 12 steps and then getting really spiritual. I think spirituality really made a big difference. Um, Meditation made a huge difference. I can't say enough about meditation. So mindfulness stuff. That has completely transformed my life. Do you get involved? What's the guy's name that we talked to that does the... uh, Noah. Noah. Do you Mm -hmm. work for Noah? Uh Uh-huh. I do. I know him. And and actually in the the, the the treatment center... Buddhist space sort of... Right, what the is it? Refuge Recovery. Right. It's refuge called recovery, Refuge yeah. Recovery. Awesome. Very, very interesting. Right. And I've read his books and yeah. I know him. And um, meditation actually has changed my life more than I believe probably anything at this point. Getting yeah. old helps too. Easy. <laughs> God. Older. Drew, isn't that true though? What? Yes, that, getting older helps. Getting older gives you more insight on a certain gives more level. insight. Also, the, your brain volume and brain mass sort of drops. You don't have as much t- tissue as, as irritable <laughs> and active and stuff. And so, so Something you, good, I guess. So literally, so I yeah. 50, I, just, I don't know if it's all the therapy or the whatever. To act. So, you, don't have yeah. the, you don't have the energy to be irritable. <laughs> That's right. It's just like, yeah. It's That's why Suboxone works for 40 and 50-year-old people. That's my theory, anyways. Wait, are you a pusher for this stuff? No, I, no, no. I've never even heard of it before. <laughs> I walk in here. I, I don't even know how to spell it. It's everywhere. And I'm walking out of here oh thinking I need it. How many? How many young men? I feel how fantastic many, with my wait, life. Wait, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Okay, okay what's how that? How many young men opiate addicts do you sponsor? Uh, none. Oh, okay. None. Why? Because if you, if it was three or four, I would I would say ask them if they're on Suboxone or Subutex. I have and found. Your mind I have, will go boom. I have found that it is difficult to sponsor people that are. That's why I doing say they shouldn't go until they're off. That I do not do in my recovery process. <laughs> so it's difficult. So I have to back off and say, okay, if that works for you, that I, it's not my experience. Yeah. Yeah. So so. But I've known Shelly through this whole journey, Drew. Yeah. And that's true. About 10 years ago, during the TV show, it was very emotional during the TV show. I think that was the final trauma for her mm. because she was being labeled something she wasn't. She was, and, and the antisocial part of all the production people telling her, go in there and yeah. make him throw a fit and all that. That thing somehow 
somehow she came out the other side, and ever since then, it's been pretty golden. Hmm. Last five, six, seven years. All right, we're going to take a little break right? here. Yep. Yeah. we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to hear more about what you're doing right now. So, Okay. All conversations and information exchanged during participation in the This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest podcast or interaction with drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction per se. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the sites or podcasts. I'm getting involved with the advisory board on an organization called HEAL, H-E-A-L, and they have an app. It's called HEAL app, H-E-A-L. And these guys promise a physician at your home within two hours. And it is $99 all in. And most insurances cover it. These physicians are carefully selected by our team. They are all board certified so we can vouch for them. And everyone we know that has used this product is just beside themselves happy. Do not go to an ER. Do not go to an urgent care. If you're in a city covered by Heal, click Heal. $99. Someone will be there. And people don't understand that what you really want is just a physician to use their judgment to tell you what this is. Is it serious? Is it not? The treatments are often simple. There is just simply today, unless there's a real emergency, no reason to go to the ER. And I would suggest even going to an urgent care when you're feeling bad and need help. Why do that? And by the way, that's much more expensive. Sounds too good to be true. It is not. This is an opportunity. Check out the Heal app. All right, we're back, and uh, we have a new sponsor there boom, called boom. Do Bergamet. We really? Yeah, Bergamet Mega. Bergamet.com is where you can find about them. And uh, I, I don't normally get behind stuff like this, but I, I look very, very, very carefully. Are you taking product. it? No, but I have, I have all, I've suggested to other people that they do. Uh, I was t- taking enough, and I don't do that normally. I was taking enough by the, ma- the material they had, the research they had, that I'm persuaded that if people can't tolerate a statin, if they have fatty liver, it really has a significant benefit for those people. It's a nutritional su- supplement. It's called Bergamot Mega Plus. It's derived from a bergamot citrus fruit from the Calabria region of Italy. It's rich in polyphenols, and polyphenols reduce the risk of heart disease. They actually, the Italian government funded a bunch of research on this, and it looked the outcomes were, were quite good. I, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's what you call a natural statin or HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor. Its properties do lower cholesterol. It also affects uh, the one of the more significant problems worldwide, which is the metabolic syndrome. The metabolic syndrome is increased abdominal fat, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, high triglycerides. I have it. I have metabolic syndrome. And I, I would, if I were not, I, I thought about taking it above and beyond the medicines I take, which I do tolerate. I actually asked them, I said, maybe I should take this because it might improve my insulin resistance. They were not super enthusiastic no. that I should. It really is for people that, because that, the data really looks very, very impressive. Uh, cardiologists and physicians all over the world have recommended Bergamet Mega Plus. It's, uh, again, effectiveness has been documented. It's something that we're excited about. Learn more, go to Bergamet, B-R-G-A-M-E-T.com, Bergamet.com, or click on the Come on now. Bergamet manner on our website. I was just the dogs my, are going dog nuts while you're down. reading your I just reading your settled, promo. We settled down. So, Shelly, so what are you up doing now? Okay, so I'm doing so much I, that I can't even. I'm so busy. All right, let's go. Let's go. Through, what are we doing? Let's go through a little bit of the work history. How we, you, Bob, okay, you and I got whatever. involved with Shelly. Oh well, yeah. Well, I knew she Tell would be perfect. <laughs> I knew <laughs> she would be perfect. We were at twelve step meeting. We went to lunch afterwards. Her and her husband and and 
I don't know if you, if Ivy was with us, but we're sitting there, no, she was. and we we were already looking for that character on the, the nurse, t- yeah. the nurse, right? Yeah. And the she nurse. said, "I'm thinking of going back to school." Because Ivy was getting uh, going to school, you know, right? Right, right. Well, no, she I was. was, in, I, was she was I wanted in to go back school, into so you were going to uh, go back to full time school. And she said, "Would you? Could you hook me up with getting supervised hours or whatever?" And mm-hmm. when she said that at that place on thir- on Sixth Street by Farmers Market by Third and Gardner meeting, yeah, yeah, I, I knew in Fiddlers. my head like I could get you supervised hours, and you're going to be on a TV show, <laughs> little girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So we all got together on that, but then we right. took you from there and brought you over to Los Angeles. That Indiana. was right? when she, she came to Los Angeles first, yeah. and then we did the TV oh, show. Oh, was Los Angeles first? Months, yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Really, yeah. Pretty quite succession. Yeah, yeah. yeah it pretty was quick. fast. It was a whirlwind, really. But Shelly was a key, became a key, much like I ripped Bob off from wherever I found you, Passive Recovery Center, well, or Matt, a, a, a Music Care, oh, yeah, Music Matt. Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. We stole. Did we steal you from somewhere? We just No, no, no. Because she was I, a stay-at-home I, mom, and I the kid was, was going to regular school now. Uh, Why do you got to be a stay-at-home mom if the eight hours a day the kid's at school? Good times. Right. She was six. So I, let's I, give you I a, plan to a giant attach. hospital full of drug addicts to deal with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I had been in the field, 97, yeah. 98, 99. And I worked for this other treatment center Spencer that I had gotten. Yeah, oh, yeah I had right. gotten clean. Yeah, they right. still exist. That's where I got. Yeah. yeah, he does still exist. So now, what are you doing? So now I have. Now I'm opening a detox center in. It's actually in Encino, but it's called Bel Air Valley Detox, and that is going to be in August. And now I'm working at. Bel Air IOP program. It's an intensive outpatient. The intensive outpatient, and we have. You know, maybe, probably it's been a year that they've been together. Is there and, a website? Uh, there is a website. I think it's, it is um, is Belair.com. Belairtreatment.com, sorry. Okay. Belairtreatment.com. And we're doing um, intensive outpatient and, you know, hoping to... they got cooking ex- classes. I like that. We do. We These do. We don't have- even know how to boil water, Drew. I know. But yeah, so we have, you know, there is a lot of basic skills because it's a young adult. That's about basic skills. It's how young to, how adult. How to make a grilled cheese sandwich. Well, you so have to imagine. Like, <laughs> I went there and I thought it was awesome. They're trying new things. At least they're teaching these kids how to cook. Yeah. yeah they we're, can't we're, even take care of themselves. No, I understand. We're teaching, you know, resumes and, and all of yeah. this, you know, types of life skill classes, how to get, you know, how to get your driver's license, how to get your GED, how to, you know, return to your you know your neighborhoods and and make a difference you know how do you how do you get into your community what do you do when you go home because so many of these guys are from out of state Mm. you know which is interesting and then you have a sober living attached too yeah several sober livings attached and then you know they're i mean they're very well taken care of they're in these you know beautiful houses and then they're getting transportation uh coming there for their iop treatment and then you know, building new levels of, of responsibility and accountability. A lot of people want to stay out here, you know, because they're from places where they, you know, they don't feel like going back to or they don't, you know, the recovery out here in in Los Angeles is, you know, quite amazing, yeah. especially compared to some other places, say in the, you know, in the Midwest and places where there isn't so many recovering 
people and there's not so many meetings and there's not you know we take it we take for granted that los angeles is this you know we have two thousand twenty five hundred meetings a week and and that's not happening everywhere i was talking to someone who is setting a program in in uh, new york city Mm -hmm. the uh, the lowest price programs of sober living are six thousand dollars a month well of course with no treatment you have to move them to queens it's so even out there then they're all state run or something it's a crazy crazy situation we get so many people from the east coast especially boston the eastern seaboard maryland you know the opioid epidemic out there is is so profound and they don't have the facilities on the east coast by the way speaking of which boston that's one of the reasons i was so down on suboxone which was our buddy eric he's eric, doing good now i know he is he was slamming suboxone remember everybody yeah. so was scott mm-hmm. wyland so was everybody Ugh. so crazy right but the, the you know the eastern seaboard just is is completely decimated by opiate addiction. They had 12 and deaths in 48 hours in the city of Boston for when this Chinese fentanyl hit, hit hit for $3 a pill. Nice. And, and you know, and, and so I'm getting these guys from it's the It's not East even Coast. orally active. It's just to suck on it. Really? Yeah. But Fentanyl's destroyed the stomach. But <laughs> so you understand that, that, that because of the economic interest of this addict population that's so desperate on the streets because we're restricting opioids at yep. Walgreens and CVS. Yep. The Chinese um, and... Uh, uh, drug dealers. The, well, I mean, uh, there, some people think the doctors are drug dealers. Uh, yeah. You know well, what I mean? Are. But, all right. So, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they are. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of uh, Eric, any update on that? You know, we, we did this program where we treated he non-celebrities. Should. Everyone was always saying, boy, what are you doing celebrities? Eric's doing no great. I Hang actually on. just Hang saw on. him. I, uh, but we, we happily said, we're happily treating non-celebrities. We, don't have, we have no affinity for celebrities. So we treated a whole group <laughs> right. of, of very, very sick uh, non-celebrities, <laughs> and no one watched the show. Thank you, right. everybody. No, but, no but one's but died. Well, how's everyone doing from your standpoint? I well, Eric bit. bought it. Did you see it on Facebook? He bought his own car with his own money, they say, from his job. It was just amazing. He's doing well. He's a good He's guy. He's doing well. Yeah. I don't, and uh, Drewby, sure. anything, any update on him? I talked to him about a year ago. He was all right. Yeah. Still battling with the dad. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Eric is doing great. Amazing. Jason Davis, I see, gets it together for six or eight months and falls apart and gets it back together. And, you know, I just... He's like a son, a fourth son to me. Or <laughs> it's kind of right. It's so funny because Bob has collected these people, and nobody calls me. <laughs> Janice Dickinson why. did all the time. No, no, she she actually stopped calling me as well. She calls me. <laughs> she calls you. Yeah. Right. How about? Um, uh-huh. Okay. Um, Brigitte. 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 Don't know. Never heard anything from her. No. I don't. I didn't. I haven't heard. Anything. All right, all right. We're just we're just shooting. The, all right, Susan wants us to wrap up. We got to okay, go. Okay, okay. What all are right. we wapping up? So how are how are you, Jeremy? Everything good? Ivy's good. Ivy's your great. daughter's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ivy's got purple well. hair. Uh oh. No, not anymore. No, I saw it was purple. It was purple, but no, she's she's doing great. She's at a performing arts school. She's very very happy. She's doing very well. And what's um, wrong? You both acted like having purple hair is a bad thing. What do you mean? I do not. I encouraged it. She, okay. Shelly behaved like an antisocial. She wasn't actually one. You are actually one. <laughs> so it looks much more appealing to you. So, thank you, Shelly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being All right. Thank really you. Good thank you so always. much. Good to see right. you. See Thanks. You Bye. Bye. Yeah. I gave you my heart. And unlike most dudes that I know, you took your time with and you did not tear it apart. I appreciate it.
appreciate You know my value when you wouldn't let me depreciate <laughs> Me letting other dudes do that, that was my mistake But I never held that against you I never could, I never would I, I <laughs> still got a hard This time saying it too But I love you Every girl's ever been through something She thought she couldn't make it through This is a song for every girl who's ever been through something She thought she couldn't make it through, yeah This is a song for every girl who's ever been through something She thought she couldn't make it through This is a song for every girl's ever been through something she thought she couldn't make it through. Yeah. When I met you, you were perfect, high class, without designer purses. You had so much purpose from the VIP to churches. Had me searching, that's for certain. Okay, maybe not the churches But I remember being on Rodeo Searching for some churches Chicken, we was bumping Mick Jenkins Had me thinking I was perfect At a time when I only felt worthless Yeah, you pulled back the curtains And I know this shit ain't tack But baby, you've been hurting And I know that shit for fact Cause damn it, I've been worried I'll listen No hurry That's when you opened up to me You said when you were, he made you And that shit fuck with me I swear to God that shit stuck with me I thought I couldn't help you, luckily This is a song for Every girl who's Ever been through something She thought she couldn't make it through This is a song for every girl who's ever been through something She thought she couldn't make it through, yeah This is a song for every girl who's ever been through something She thought she couldn't make it through This is a song for every girl who's ever been through something She thought she couldn't make it through, yeah You would not let me look down upon myself Never cared about my pockets or my family wealth Cause my name was just a name To you I was not just another dame Not just the number one on your list But I was the list, I was the sh- It's a God love that's coming from your heart <laughs> And without it, my love for you can never start You heal me, cause you feel me <laughs>